Hello and welcome to Let This Mind Be In You. Brother Michael D'Angelo here with you once again. And uh, we're tuning in um, on a different night than normal. Uh, so I skipped on Friday. Um, I had some duty that came up, so I couldn't come on here live on Friday night. So I wanted to come in with this part two. Um, if you can hear my voice and everything sounds good, if you can hear a little bit of music in the background, that's on purpose. Um, just trying to check out and make sure we get all this audio stuff all situated. All right, so we see a couple people already in here, uh, Sister Busy and uh, Brother Tim, and I think Brother JT is on here already. So I appreciate you guys tuning in, and uh, let this mind be in you on a Tuesday night, a little bit different, but um, I just wanted to come to you and uh, do part two. Um, so last week I did Jesus Christ is come in the flesh. I made a public confession of that, and then also answered a question they uh, somebody had on one of the live streams talking about God was manifest in the flesh, and it got me thinking about it, and maybe really wanted to start um, looking into that. So I looked into God was manifest in the flesh, and um, man, I just had a great time studying about that when I studied the word manifest. And um, just in a way of review, we'll do that in a second, but first, ltmbiy at yahoo dot com is going to be the email address ltmbiy at yahoo.com is going to be the email address where you can reach me and um, also on the facebook um, you can look me up on let this mind be in you ministries on facebook and you should see me there uh, which i've already had some people commenting uh, one person in particular was commenting on some videos and um, specifically about you brother jt so um, that was an interesting time but um, that's that. And then also the podcast. So the audio versions should be available on Apple Podcast as well as um, iHeartRadio Podcast. There it is. And Let This Mind Be In You Ministries Podcast. All right. So that's it. So let's dive right in onto a. Um, let's dive right in on a. <laughs> yeah. On a Tuesday night. I just want to go by and. Um, I see you, Sister Busy. You got the wrench now, so that means that means that uh, I guess you can uh, moderate now. I did that correctly. I wasn't quite sure. but um, So those that are listening to the audio, I just want to kind of do something on the way of review here, and uh, those obviously watching live. Uh, so we talked about manifest. In the Webster's 1828 Dictionary, the word manifest means plain, open, clearly visible to the eye or obvious to the understanding, apparent, not obscure or difficult to be seen or understood from the testimony, the truth we conceive to be manifest. So this is, uh, this is going to be a good study. So this is part two. I didn't get to everything I wanted to talk about the other night. And uh, remember, we talked about the differences. Um, first and foremost, let's just kind of give a little, a little bit of, um, of a setup here. So when it says Jesus Christ is coming the flesh, it's a definitive article, mainly meaning it doesn't matter when that statement is made, it's true, okay? It doesn't matter um, if it's now, a thousand years from now, a thousand years, Jesus Christ is coming the flesh, and um, it, it, it has a lot more meaning behind it than um, I think just plainly reading it and just skimming over it. Um, I know I never really kind of paid attention to that wording specifically, but then when it talks about God was manifest in the flesh in 1 Timothy uh, 3.16, you think about that, it was made manifest. 
God at no time had ever been seen, right? No man has ever seen God. It says that, and speaking, of course, of the Father, but he hath declared him, as we'll, we'll get into, that's speaking of Jesus Christ. God was manifest in the flesh, corruptible flesh, okay? There's a difference between, obviously, um, the glorified body, the Alpha and the Omega body, that, and the corruptible flesh that he put on a form of a servant. Um, one of the verses I like to go to, we'll, we'll, we'll just turn our King James Bible over there real quick because it's where we get the name of the channel in Philippians 2 and verse 5. But uh, Philippians, let this, uh, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, that's verse 5, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. And amen for that. He came in flesh. God was manifest in the flesh. So we're going to get through some stuff right now. And uh, I just want to, first and foremost, let's go to 1 Peter. Uh, let's go to 1 Peter chapter 1. Excuse me for a second. Um. Also, a little bit of a pra uh, praise. Well, it's a big praise. I, I had that uh, endoscopy, uh, basically a, a, a scope they sent down my throat uh, because I've been dealing with some things for a long time. Um, and when I went in today for my follow-up after that scope, they said that they didn't find anything that was too concerning. So um, they took a, a biopsy of, of some things they found in there, and they didn't find anything um I didn't have anything that they saw that was cancerous. So praise God for that. You know, um, he's in control no matter what, you know, so I, don't, I, I wasn't worried about it. Um, but it is still an answer to prayer. Uh, so I appreciate those that, have, uh, that were praying for that. All right, let's go to 1 Peter chapter 1. And let's read from uh, verse 9. Let's read. Thank you, Brother JT. It, it was great to hear. Okay, verse 9. Receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls, of which salvation the prophets have inquired and searched diligently, who prophesied of the grace that should come unto you. Amen for that, boy. Hmm. Now, we, uh, the verse 11, searching what or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ, remember we spoke about this, you know, uh, Jesus Christ didn't have some sort of, uh, the man Christ Jesus didn't have some other foreign spirit. He didn't have, like, some kind of created spirit. He had the Holy Spirit. That was the Spirit. All the fullness of the Godhead bodily, as it says in Colossians 2, which was in them did signify. Now, the Spirit of Christ, which was in who? Well, those prophets of old. Those prophets of old had the same Spirit. When he overshadowed them, when he came and inspired them to write down the words of God. Uh, when it testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ, now, that's in Isaiah 53 and many other places where it spoke about what Jesus Christ would go through for you and I. And the glory, there it is, that should follow. The glory of the Lord, unto whom it was revealed that not unto themselves, but unto us, they did minister the things 
which are now reported unto you by them that have preached the gospel unto you with the Holy Ghost sent down from heaven, which things the angels desire to look into. Even the angels don't understand it. They desire to look into it. Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and hope to the end for the peace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Here it comes. Boy, that's our hope. Our blessed hope is the revelation of Jesus Christ. The the fact that um, we aren't looking for the Antichrist. We are looking for Jesus, for that redemption, that redemption that's going to happen. That's what we're looking forward to, not the Antichrist. As obedient children, remember we've been going through if, uh, Hebrews 11, talking about dispensational you know, salvation, which I I'm firmly believe in. Essentially, though, when I broke it down to some very simplicity, uh, or very simply, basically saying that it was obedience to God's word, okay? What God said for that dispensation, they were to obey it, and we saw how Abraham obeyed. Not fashioning yourselves according to the former lust in your ignorance, but as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation. Because it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy. And if ye call on the Father, and remember, JT, uh, I texted you about that, that that's kind of interesting the way that it's that's framed, because we're supposed to call upon the Lord Jesus Christ, you know, and thou shalt be saved. Well, yeah. So, again, it's kind of interesting that it says, and if ye call on the Father, um, so all that controversy that that person was writing to me about, um, still don't see the controversy in Romans 10. It's very clear, but whatever, you know, go get the book, by the way, go get the book, the Romans 10 controversy. There's your plug, JT, <laughs> who without respect of persons, let's get back to this verse 17 judges, judgeth according to every man's work past the time of your sojourning here in fear. For as much as ye know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things, as silver and gold, from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world. By the way, we're going to read about the foundation of the world coming up, so just remember that. But was manifest in these last times for you manifest in these last times for you wow thank you god that we had the ability to have this time where jesus christ god was manifest in the flesh manifest shown clearly as we saw what that word meant who by him do you do believe in god that raised him up from the dead and gave him there it is again glory that your faith and hope might be in god Seeing ye have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren, see that ye love one another with a pure heart fervently. It says something similar in Hebrews 10 and verse 22 when it says a true heart. Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. I love that when it talks about the by the word of God. Uh, Brother Brian's... Um, last video that he came out with, one of the last ones he came out with, speaking about the word of God spoken to Moses, which we're going to get into here in a second. It's awesome. For all flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man as the flower of grass. The grass withereth, and the flower thereof falleth away. 
but the word of the Lord endureth forever. And this is the word which by the gospel is preached unto you. Uh, no, Brother Brian Denlinger, one of his last verses, or one of his last videos uh, to Ryan Swope. Okay. All right. Um, so getting on to that, so that we just ran down through there. And if you see there in um, where it talks about the foundation of the world, a good reference, we won't turn over there today uh, for sake of time, but uh, for... In the verse where it speaks about uh, for the foundation of the world that I spoke uh, that I talked about, uh, which is what verse am I? I lost it. Mm. What? Why can't I see that? Where? Where did I go here? Oh yes, verse twenty. I'm sorry, verse twenty when it talks about um, for the foundation of the world. Yeah, and that go over to John 17. In fact, you know what? We got plenty of time. John 17. And look at the diff look at the similarities here, this cross reference here. John 17 in verse 20. Neither pray I th for these alone, but for them also which shall believe on me through their word, that they all may be one as thou Father art in me, and I in thee that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me, and the glory, here it is again, which thou gavest me, I have given them, that they may be one, even as we are one. Now, how are brothers and sisters out there, how are we supposed to be one in the body of Christ? There's only one way that we can be one, and that's through the power of the Spirit. It says that, I believe, in Ephesians and in Galatians, every time Paul speaks to the churches, and he talks to them. He talks about being one. And the only way they can do that is through the power of the Holy Spirit. That's it. So the glory that um, which thou gavest me, I have given them. He gave us the gift of the Holy Spirit so that we can be one. We can't be one in our own flesh. We'll di have disagreements We'll have different things that we will argue about in the flesh. Um, Brother Tim, I watched your video today, and that was that was a good video um, as far as exactly what we're kind of talking about here right now. I, I didn't even mean to even speak about this, but it just came to my mind. But um, when we have disagreements and different things and, you know, that's going to happen, we need to go to the Word of God and be of one spirit, okay? If it doesn't clearly spell it out in God's Word— then, you know, there could be some differences, but we can get along still through the power of the Spirit. If we get in the flesh, well, we get in the flesh, that's going to be a different story. So, uh, But let's continue reading here down through verse 26. Uh, but, um, verse 23, I and them and thou and me, that they may be made perfect in one, and that the world may know that thou hast sent me and hast loved them as thou hast loved me. Father, I will they, that they also, whom thou hast given me, be with me where I am, that they may behold, what does it say there, my glory. The glory of the Lord. It's going to get even more interesting here when we go back to Exodus. Which thou hast given me, for thou lovest me before the foundation of the world. O righteous Father, the world hath not known thee, 
but I have known thee, and these have known that thou hast sent me. And I have declared, there it is again, unto them thy name, and will declare it, that the love wherewith thou hast loved me may be in them, and I in them. So that's John 17. It's a good tie-in to 1 Peter there and all the things that we're speaking about. All right, next, let's turn in our Bibles to Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 9. Now, I've been going through a lot in Hebrews. Excuse me for one second. I've been going through a lot in Hebrews, um, obviously, chapter by chapter, and you can go back and watch those. But when I was going through this manifest, um, made manifest, God was manifest in the flesh, I went to Hebrews 9. So turn over there with me if you're not already there. Give people enough time to get over there. Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 8, starting in verse 8. And we're going to go down through verse 28. The Holy Ghost, this signifying that the way into the holiest of all was not yet made manifest, while as the first tabernacle was yet standing. So again, in the Old Testament, they had no idea as far as that. They just were obeying what God told them to do at the time and having faith in that. Now, it says the way into the holiest of all was not yet made manifest. It was not shown yet. There was different things made as a pattern, as we'll see here in this next verse. Verse 9, which was a figure for the time then present in which they were offered were offered both gifts and sacrifices that could not make him that did the service perfect as pertaining to the conscience, which stood only in meats and drinks and divers washings and carnal ordinances imposed on them until the time of reformation. But Christ being come and high priest of good things to come, by a greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is to say, not of this building. Um, when I read that, I, it simply means to me that he wasn't created, okay? He, he wasn't created and then all of a sudden became a God-man or something like that. Or No, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. He didn't cease being God when he came to this earth. neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood, his own blood, not the blood of David, not the lineage of Judah, his own blood, okay? His own blood, he entered in, in once into the holiest place, in the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. For if the blood of bulls and of goats and the ashes of a heifer Sprinkling the unclean, sanctifieth through the purifying of the flesh. Basically asking a question. How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit, see there, eternal, had no beginning or end, offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. And for this cause, uh, one second here. Yes, yes, it does, Brother JT. He says, I never actually noticed that in Hebrews 9 11, that, uh, that would then add to what it says about Melchizedek. He is come in the flesh. That's exactly right, bro. That's good. That's good. And for this cause, verse 15, he is the mediator of the New Testament, that by means of death 
for the redemption of the transgression that were under the first testament, they which are called might receive the promise of eternal inheritance. For where a testament is, there must also of necessity be the death of the testator. For a testament is of force, is of force after men are dead, otherwise it is of no strength at all while the testator liveth. Whereupon, neither the first testament was dedicated without blood. And this is the point I want to go to here in a second, here in Exodus. But look at this in verse 19. For when Moses had spoken every precept to all the people according to the law, he took the blood of calves and of goats with water and a scarlet wool and hyssop and sprinkled both the book and all the people. Now, with that, go back to Exodus chapter 24. Exodus chapter 24, and um, my goodness, we can tie all this in. We have this ability to see this because it was made manifest. God was made manifest, shown clearly. So now we can go back to the Old Testament now and look and see Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. Hmm. Here it comes. Let's start in verse 1. And he said unto Moses, Come up unto the Lord. Thou and Aaron, Nadab and Abihu, and seventy of the elders of Israel, and worship ye afar off. And Moses alone shall come near the Lord, but they shall not come nigh, neither shall the people go up with him. And Moses came and told the people all the words of the Lord, and all the judgments. And all the people answered with one voice and said, All the words which the Lord hath said we will do. Verse 4, And Moses wrote all the words of the Lord, and rose up early in the morning, and built an altar under the hill, and twelve pillars, according to the twelve tribes of Israel. And he sent young men of, of the children of Israel, which offered burnt offerings, and sacrificed peace offerings of oxen unto the Lord. And Moses took half of the blood and put it in basins, and half of the blood he sprinkled on the altar. And he took the book of the covenant, and read in the audience of the people, and they said, all that the Lord has said, we will do and be obedient. There it is again, obedient. Verse 8, and Moses took the blood and sprinkled it on the people and said, behold, the blood of the covenant, which the Lord hath made with you concerning all these words. Then went Moses and Aaron, Nadab and Abihu and 70 of the elders of Israel. And they saw the God of Israel. Let me pause a moment, take a breath. And everybody read that with me one more time. And they saw the God of Israel. Now, is there contradictions in the Bible? No man at any time has seen God. No, there's no contradictions. Who did they see? Who did they see? The same the same God that Isaiah saw high and lifted up. They saw Jesus. And there were under his feet, as it were, a paved work of a sapphire stone, and as it were, the body of heaven in his clearness, which is also brightness. And upon the nobles of the children of Israel he laid not his hand. Also they saw God and did eat and drink. And the Lord said unto Moses, Come up to me into the mount, and be there, 
and I will give thee tables of stone, and a law and a commandments which I have written, that thou mayest teach them. And Moses rose up, and his minister Joshua, and Moses went up into the mount of God. And he said unto the elders, Tarry ye here for us, until we come again unto you. And behold, Aaron and Hur are with you. If any man have any matters to do, let him come unto them. And Moses went up into the mount, and a cloud covered the mount. Hmm. Verse 16. And the glory of the Lord abode upon Mount Sinai. And the cloud covered it six days, and the seventh day he called unto Moses out of the midst of the cloud. And the sight of the glory of the Lord was like a devour, was like devouring fire, fire on, top, on the top of the mount in the eyes of the children of Israel. And Moses went into the midst of the cloud and got him up under, into the mount. And Moses was in the mount forty days and forty nights. So you see there in verse 17, the sight of the glory of the Lord. Verse 23, back at in back in Hebrews, turn back over there. So much more we can talk about there, but look in verse, uh, where did we leave off? Okay, yeah, in verse 19, verse 20, saying, This is the blood of the testament which God hath enjoined unto you. Moreover, he sprinkled with blood both the tabernacle and all the vessels of the ministry, and almost all things that are by the law purged with blood, and without shedding of blood there is no remission. Now, verse 23, it was therefore necessary that the patterns of things in the heavens should be purified with these, but the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifices than these. So you see there that are, they are patterns of things to come. Christ fulfilled all. For Christ is not entered into the holy places made with hands, which are the figures of the true, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God for, was to say their brothers and sisters, for us. Hmm. Nor yet that he should offer himself often, as a high priest entereth into the holy place every year with the blood of others. He only had to do it once. It is finished. It is accomplished. It's done. He did it once. Verse 26, for then must he often have suffered since the foundation of the world. There's that word again. But now once, in the end of the world, hath he appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. And, and as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment. So Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many. And unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. So we saw there in verse 26 the foundations of the world again. And now I just want to talk to you real quick about another tie-in. So we see Moses going up into the mount in the glory of the Lord, and we see all those different things. And what what got me, what it drove me to think about was like, hmm, when else do we see a cloud being used? Now, turn back into Matthew, Matthew chapter 17. I think some of you might know where I'm going with this. But Matthew chapter 17 and verse 1 through 8 it says, And after six days Jesus taketh Peter, James, and John, his brother, and bringeth them up into the and high mountain apart, and was transfigured before them, and his face did shine as the sun, and his raiment was white as the light, the clearness, that brightness. And behold, there appeared unto them Moses and Elias, talking with him. Then answered Peter, and said unto Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. 
If thou wilt, let us make here three tabernacles, one for thee and one for Moses and one for Elias. Now, you know, take it easy on uh, Brother Peter there. Would you know what to say in that moment? Okay. <laughs> I can't. I kind of think about it. It's like, well, uh, no, I certainly wouldn't say something like that. Worshiping man, you know, of uh, Moses and Elias. But come on, folks. You know, you just saw the brightness of the Lord, the glory of the Lord. Um, you'd be kind of shell-shocked, too. So, But look in verse 5. While he yet spake, behold, a bright cloud. There's that cloud again, overshadowed them, and behold, a voice out of the cloud which said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him. And when his disciples heard it, they fell on their face and were sore afraid. And Jesus came and touched them and said, Arise and be not afraid. And when they had lifted up their eyes, they saw no man, save Jesus only. So we see that. But then turn over to John. John. And... Let's see, was it, oh, I sometimes do that. Somebody help me out here on the live stream here. I'm looking for, was it when, he spoke to the woman. I thought it was in John. Oh, and yes, it is. I'm sorry. John chapter 20. Sometimes I have trouble reading my own writing, so I apologize about that. But John chapter 20. And uh, verse, let's start in verse 11. But Mary stood without at the sepulcher, weeping. And as she wept, she stooped down and looked into the sepulcher and seeth two angels in, in white sitting, the one at the head and the other at the feet, where the body of Jesus had lain. And they said unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? She saith unto them, Because they have taken away my Lord, and I know not where they have laid him. And when she had thus said, she turned herself back and saw Jesus standing, and knew not that it was Jesus. Jesus saith unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? Whom seekest thou? She, supposing him to be the gardener, said unto him, Sir, if thou hast borne him hence, tell me where thou hast laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus saith unto her, Mary. He calls her by name, which is awesome because he's going to call us by name one day and catch us out of here. She turned herself and saith unto him, Rabboni, which is the same master. Jesus saith unto her, Touch me not, for I am not yet ascended to my father. But go to my brethren and say unto them, I ascend unto my father and your father and to my God and your God. Now, when he does this, when he ascends, uh, uh, let's see, this very, very next page for me, Yes, there it is, in Acts chapter 1, um, verse 7. And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power, but ye shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and in the uttermost part of the earth. And when he had spoken these things while they beheld, he was taken up. And look what it says. And a cloud received him out of their sight. The glory of the Lord. He hadn't yet ascended into heaven when he told Mary not to touch him. Um, so his glorified body, 
the glory of the Lord when he's received up into heaven and into a cloud, that same cloud that overshadowed that mount um, in Exodus 24. So it's just a good tie-in, knowing that, you know, people sometimes have trouble with the simplicity of the Word of God. But um, it's really interesting to see that when you read the Word of God, and you just read it, and you take the scales off of the traditions and the philosophies of men, it, it seems to just jump off the page, every single page, because it is about God. God was manifest in the flesh. When he was here, manifest in the flesh, that corruptible flesh that died for you and me, and he offered up his blood, he took on the same um, hurts and pain. And that's encouraging to me to know that that God humbled himself and took on a form of a servant. He actually did that so he could um, experience the same things we do as far as the hurt. Physically, he went through the pain and the suffering that we see about all throughout the uh, prophecies and what in the Gospels of what he went through. And But at the same time, knowing that it was only for a short time and it was done before, it was a plan before the foundations of the world, as we saw plenty of times tonight, and it was done for you and I to redeem us, to redeem us. All right, so let's uh, take a, so just remember, God was manifest in the flesh. That was that corruptible flesh that could die and shed perfect blood for you and I. But um, Jesus Christ is come in the flesh, meaning he's got a incorruptible body um, for all eternity and did before. And what's, what's kind of interesting to me, I just thought about this. Um, I, I think I'm going to bring that up later. I'm just going to leave that as a little teaser, but I'm going to come up with that later. I, I don't want to quite, uh, I, I don't want to keep, uh, talking about that. And, um, I was going to say something, but I'm just going to leave it for the next time. So we, we did about 35 minutes and I just wanted to come through with just a second part, so to speak, of just reading more and more of God's word about manifest. God was manifest in the flesh and showing that the glory of the Lord, the tie-in there with First Peter. So, all right. Uh, so at this moment, let's go ahead and check our live feed. And I'll take a little bit of a break if anybody's got any questions or something. Let me scroll back up here, actually, because I saw something. Uh, brother JT says John one and verse 14 also mentions how they saw his glory. Okay. Yes. Yeah. That's a very good one. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. See made was made flesh. It's the same wording as was made manifest. It was shown to us. That's the only way we could have seen it. Um, here on this earth, he was manifest, God was manifest in the flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory and the glory as of the only begotten of the father, full of grace and truth. That's right. And, um, yeah, they definitely saw his glory when, um, he was transfigured. So, uh, let's see here. And, uh, to add what you said, to Matthew 17, that transfiguration is so important because it is to show that the Son was not created, but in fact, He is the glorious body of God. That's why the Father speaks there. 
Yeah, and it's also, um, it talks, it's another fulfillment of the prophecy in Isaiah 42. Make sure I got that right. Isaiah 42. Yeah. In whom my soul delighteth. Behold my servant, servant whom I uphold mine elect, in whom my soul delighteth. I have put my spirit upon him, and he shall bring forth judgment to the Gentiles. Isaiah 42, 1. And bum, bum, bum. Okay, does anybody have any kind of questions or anything they want to kind of bring up at this point on this Tuesday night special live stream? I'll give it a second. There's a Mr. Rob Cimaroli. I haven't seen you in here before, so. Hey, Brother Landau. How's it going, brother? As everybody was everybody able to hear me? Was the audio like at least a lot better this time? I don't know what subbing. <laughs> okay, my audio can be better. Hmm. Okay, some people are hearing me, some people are, it could be better. Well, I'm still trying to figure out if you can, uh, one of these days I'll show you my setup here where um, I have I have sound basically coming uh, into this my mixer that's over here, and then it's going into the live stream, and some and it's also recording at the same time for my audio program, so... It's a it's a constant battle. It seems like that makes sure, you know, I have the audio level correctly for that and uh, set correctly for YouTube. So it's not too. It's I'm I'm learning, brother, it, brothers and sisters. If anybody, uh, if anybody has any kind of uh, background with any of this stuff and want to just give me some pointers, um, I looked up the stuff about mix minus, but I don't need to do that because it comes through out back to the computer as a uh, in USB and I'm receiving audio for like that music that I was playing earlier from my computer coming into my board but other than that I'm pretty much lost when it comes to all this stuff I'm just learning I'm trying to figure it out and um, you know trying to study the word of God at the same time and make sure that this sounds good but uh, uh, let's see some people can hear me great okay well I'll keep working on it, so hopefully we get it. And then, um, let's see. Brother Tim saying you'll never hear this kind of a detailed study from a Trinitarian. Well, if you get on my Facebook page, um, I was called a semi-Trinitarian by this gentleman. <laughs> he calls me a semi-Trinitarian, which I don't, I don't really know. I don't really know what that means. And um, so I don't know what that's all about, but I am a biblicist. I don't know. I don't. I don't want any of these terms put on me. I'm, I follow the Word of God, and that's it. I call you a brother. Well, thank you very much, Mister Allen.
Hey, there's Bible-believing Vato. How you doing there, brother? Bible-believing Vato. I love saying your handle here on uh, on YouTube. Bible-believing Vato. <laughs> yeah, semi-Trinitarian. So, yeah, I... I don't know, and basically saying that I wasn't uh, in my, basically saying in my, um, in my, let's see, with my video, um, Jesus teaches his disciples the biblical Godhead in uh, John 14, and how I was talking about dwelleth with them, both the Father and the Holy Spirit, and I thought I was pretty clear about where I stood biblically on all this stuff, but um, uh, I was also accused of not taking a stance. So I don't know. Maybe sometimes I think people don't watch the videos. They just maybe see a little clip and they see something maybe they uh, hear out of context and they want to just um, flame spray you or whatever. But, um, you know, brothers, um, I, I was talking to somebody. I don't know if it was – maybe it was uh, JT. I was just texting back and forth. And then I was talking to somebody here um, that I know and we were speaking about some stuff. And the Bible says a heretic after the second admonition, reject. And so what I've tended to do in the past is just keep just keep arguing the point and arguing the point. But I, I came to the realization under conviction there that I was in violation of the Scripture too. Um, I, I was in violation of the Scripture when I just kept going. If somebody has the Spirit of God, if they are truly saved, and God, God will teach them or correct them as he sees fit, I'm supposed to follow the biblical uh, precepts, basically saying I'm supposed to admonish him twice, and after that, I give it over to God. And so I don't want to be in violation of the Scripture anymore. So um, let's all try to live by the Word of God there and um, and do what we're supposed to do, even though in our flesh we want to convince people. But that's not our role. Our role is to proclaim God's Word, to admonish somebody twice, but after that, it's up to God. We're supposed to reject him. So, yeah, after two times, it gets fleshly. You are right, Brother Tim. And I've, and I've seen it in myself so many times. This is me confessing to you all that I've got. I've been there. I, I try to convince somebody, and um, that's just as unbiblical as anything else. Bible-believing Vato says, Espanol? Well, I don't habla Espanol very well. Uh, I've been around the world a couple times, and um, a lot of the majority of the world places that I've been to, um, Spanish has been a language that I've been to, uh, been around. So I do understand a little bit and do speak Spanish just a tad bit, my brother, but uh, not very much. ATS means allergic to stupid. <laughs> Sister busy. That's it. If that's really what it means, that's that's pretty good. Allergic to allergic to stupid. Yeah, brother JT. This guy did say that uh, you claimed that there was uh, that you denied distinctions in the Godhead, and I I said, uh, 
okay. I've clearly heard heard him and other brothers say several several times that there's distinction, the separation, and um, yeah, but whatever. All right, so um, we got the last 15 minutes. I want to try something. Um, last time, somebody was talking about a hymn, and uh, what I realized is uh, that we're talking about on some of those live streams uh, that you do, Brother Tim, talking about playing a hymn. So um, I don't know, Sister Busy, I think you play the piano. I think I've seen a little bit on your channel. Um and let's see here. Let's see if I get this going here and see if you guys can hear this. So if you can hear this um, or if I need to turn it up a little bit. Okay, good. And uh, what I like about this song is complete in thee is the fact that um, we have been redeemed, brothers and sisters. Our soul and our spirit has been redeemed. But one day, we're going to be complete in him. When he catches us out of here, um, either we close our eyes in death or he catches us up, we which are alive and remain, as it says. But just think about the fact that as we were created in his image, perfect body soul and spirit in the garden and how man fell he came took on the form of a servant in the likeness of men as it says in Philippians 2 and he was all the fullness of the Godhead bodily body soul and spirit and that perfect sacrifice that he did on the cross and not only that but he as it says in Colossians he um not abolished death, but I'm trying to think of a. He made a show of death. Made a show basically openly by rising victorious over death and uh, ascended into heaven. And the fact that uh, that's the blessed hope we have that one day, one day, our whole body, soul, and spirit will be redeemed, as Paul says. And that's complete in thee. So, complete in thee. It's an older hymn, but uh, I doubt I'll get in trouble for playing it because it's an instrumental and uh, I bought the song. So if anybody knows anything about uh, copyright stuff out there, um, let me know. I don't want to get the channel taken down, but that's complete in thee. I like the version of it too because it's... Uh, I like the version because it's got the violin and the uh, piano. So, anyways, but that's just, uh, boy, that's good. Just, just to think about that day will be complete in Him. Um, as I've said many times on this channel, and um, it's an admonition every time I say it to myself. It's an admonition is to be an ambassador, to walk worthy of the vocation wherewith we are called. And um, knowing what he did for us, 
Um, see, the the people that claim that we are somehow um, as Bible believing Christians that we're somehow lordship salvationists and that we have to work for our salvation, all this kind of stuff. No, the work was done. No work of mine can take uh, place, dear Lord, of thine. Um, we work, though, because of what he did for us. Because I am saved, because I have been redeemed, because of his work, I've been called to be a minister of reconciliation and an ambassador. So in order to do that, uh, we need to be of one spirit. So lean on the Holy Spirit, go to God's word, let him, let him teach you. And, um, and that's what this channel is all about. Let this mind be in you. When I read that, when I hear those words, let this mind be in you, it is a choice. It's a choice. We have all the Holy Spirit that we'll ever get, okay? The, all of it. When we were redeemed and saved, he says he, we are sealed until the day of redemption. That Holy Spirit, we got 100% of it. But how much does he have of us? So it's a choice every day to die daily to the flesh and to live in the spirit. Let this mind be in you. It's allowing that to happen because we have to remove our own will and do things because it's, um, it's a choice for us to make. And, um, and I, I fail in that choice all the time. So, boy. Just thinking about that and the uh, conviction that comes just from failing and, and uh, what he did for us and how we fail on a day-to-day -day basis is, uh, boy, it's, uh, it's, it's definitely deep conviction that I'm feeling right now. Uh, and But um, at the same time, I know that um, what's really awesome is that he has chosen to forget our sins. Because of the blood of Jesus Christ that we read there, the sprinkling, the uh, the atonement that happened. And uh, the more and more we get into his word, the more and more we will grow in that faith. Uh, but this was just a, a second part of a study that I started uh, last week about God was manifest in the flesh. What does that mean? What does that mean to us? That means the glory of the Lord. That means the ever-existing one, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end who know it didn't have a beginning, didn't have an end, was manifest in the flesh, shown to us. That's why those verses make perfect sense when he says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. There's no contradiction in the word. When those 70 elders back in Exodus saw the God of Israel, I believe it by faith that they saw the God of Israel. When Isaiah saw the king high and lifted up, I believe it. When Ezekiel saw a man, same thing. The man Christ Jesus, but also the Son of God. The Son of God, the Son of Man, fully God, but also fully man. Can't understand it all, can't even try to begin to explain it, as I spoke about in, um, in the study about the Godhead. But I take it by faith, because his word, which is sure, that he wrote down, that he spoke to Moses, So that's uh that's where we were at on that. All right. So let's uh la last couple minutes here. Let's see what the brothers and uh sister have to say. Very pretty song. Yeah. Even better with the words and um 
but I love the arrangement with the uh, piano and the violin. We shall change our, uh, let's see, Philippians. Uh, Sister Busy says, talking about a blessed hope. Yeah, that is a blessed hope for us. In Philippians 3.21, who shall change our vile body that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body, <laughs> according to the working whereby he is able even to subdue all things unto himself. Very good. Philippians 3.21. Sister Busy says, I have that same, I, I fidget with this pencil. She says, I have the same pencil. <laughs> yeah, I I just, I tend to fidget with stuff a lot, so I'm, I'm constantly moving around, so we put that down. Uh, all right, Brother Vato, Bible-believing Vato, says, I have a comment on Colossians 2, 8, and 9 that I noticed a while back. Uh, so go ahead and leave your comment there, brother. And as he's writing or uh, makes his comment, um, just remind you that, um, or just to mention, this Friday night, uh, my wife has a uh, appointment, so we have uh, two kids, and so I probably won't be able to go right on at nine o'clock. But this Friday, we still sh- I still should be able to go on around nine thirty, and uh, we'll be back in Hebrews eleven, Lord willing, and uh, maybe make a couple of videos the rest of this week. But I'm um, not sure yet. But um, so just be praying for that as the upcoming Friday night live stream will be happening. Um, okay, Bible-believing Bato says, notice what verse 8 says. Well, I'm going to turn there. Not that I don't trust you, brother, but I'm going to turn to God's Word here. And we're going to Colossians chapter 2. All right, and says, notice what verse 8 says, and then verse 9, for in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Okay? Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the traditions of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ, for in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. That's correct. People, All right, meaning that people... This is, uh, again, Bible-believing Vato, meaning that people already were trying to come up with an attempt to explain away the Godhead a couple centuries before Tertullian invented the word Trinity. You know, that's that's uh, that's a very good point. Um, I think I've mentioned this, and others have mentioned this as well, that, um, you know, the word Trinity was around in 1611, but God didn't preserve that word. And... Some somebody that I've talked to before, some people say, "Well, that doesn't quite, that doesn't mean anything." I said, "Well, it kind of does because he said he would preserve his his word." So, um, the fact that you know God would preserve the word if he wanted to use it. So, but people back then were already trying to come up with attempts to explain away the Godhead, and not only that, um, that, that brings up a good point. So, go to Acts seventeen. I mean, that's uh, a very good point. Okay, yeah. Uh, and Paul's saying in verse 23, For as I passed by and beheld your devotions, I found an altar with this inscription to the unknown God, whom therefore ye ignorantly worship, him I declare I unto you. Now, if you read down through here, they were saying, uh, For as much, verse 29, Then as we are the offspring of God, we ought not to think that the Godhead is like unto gold or silver or stone, graven by art and man's device. So already, see, brother, um, it's been even before the first century, 
It was been back all the way to the garden, if you ask me. Yea, hath God said, there's always been people trying to explain away or try to come up with man's way, which is the world's way, which is the prince of this world is Satan. And uh, the fact that that's been used for forever where people have been trying to fashion out of art of uh, gold, silver, silver, and precious stones, all these kinds of things, trying to fashion what they think about. You go back to the Babylonian times, they were worshiping trinities, um, you know, three separate beings that made up one God. Uh, so, yeah. Okay, and JT saying, I've been digging into that stuff, Otto. I've, I have found quotes that align with us. And Vato says, and the Trinity is a double meaning word. Does First Corinthians fourteen thirty three ring a bell? Yeah, the Trinitarians are hiding history, though that's not surprising. That reminds me, and Sister Busy says that reminds me of First Timothy five fifteen. I'm trying to read these for the people that are going to be listening on the live stream, by the way. Uh, or on the podcast that reminds me of first Timothy five fifteen. for some are already turned aside after Satan. Yep. And brother Tim is saying, yep, that's right. Speaking of what I was talking about with ancient Babylonians and the Egyptians. Yep. JT says people like Ignatius and Polycarp said the right thing. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, there's always brothers, sisters, there's always a remnant. There's always somebody, um, in the minority, so to speak, um, that sticks the God's word and they're going to be drowned out or at least attempted to be, but that shouldn't discourage us. We should still stick to God's word. But, um, uh, just because a majority of people believe a certain thing doesn't make it true. So, Yeah. Well, we're going to try to end it there. We're coming up on an hour, and um, I'd love to keep fellowship with everybody on here, but I'm going to try to turn in for the night. And um, so thank you for joining me on this live stream, Let This Mind Be In You, on a Tuesday night. And uh, I really appreciate those that were able to come in and watch live. Um, so again, Friday night, this coming Friday night, we should be back around 9.30 Eastern Standard Time. And don't forget that... Um, I'm on Apple Podcast, also iHeart Radio Podcast under Let This Mind Be In You Ministries Podcast. Just search for that and you'll find it. Uh, hit me up on Facebook if you'd like to, leave a message or whatever, and that's going to be at Let This Mind Be In You Ministries. And then finally, if you want to write an email to me, ltmbiy at yahoo.com. And um, that'll be it for tonight. And thank you so much, brothers and sisters, uh, for joining me. Um, I, a, I, I hope um, I hope a lot of I was trying to rush through again. I, I find myself doing that because there's so much I want to talk about, but I, just a little bit at a time, a little bit at a time. But uh, it was fun. And thank you, brethren and uh, sister, for joining me tonight on Let This Mind Be In You. That's it for tonight. And um, again, let me admonish you. Go to the Word of God. Let the Spirit teach you. But more, almost more importantly than that, but just as equally important, is to be good ambassadors, to walk worthy 
of the vocation wherewith you are called. The only way to walk worthy is to walk in the Spirit, as Paul admonishes us. So that'll be it for tonight. God bless you. Um, I love each and one, every one of you out there. And uh, join me again next time, hopefully this Friday night, if not sooner. Okay? God bless. Take care.